Garage Logic Podcast number 71, December 27th, 2018. Record low on this day was 24 below in 1886, but it was 51 degrees in Gumption County on this day in 1936. We're brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Rookie, you have to be taken to task. Uh, what now? Uh, Chris writes, I was listening to your 1226 podcast. That would be yesterday. Yeah. And in the beginning of the show, you and Rookie bantered back and forth about how busy the airport was on this day after Christmas. Rookie cited his friend at the airport who provided him with intelligence that the airport was packed. His insider friend at the airport painted a picture of doom and gloom in the TSA lines. Interestingly enough, in recent days, the local TV news channels have painted a similar picture of airport doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. This afternoon, meaning yesterday afternoon, I dropped my 21-year-old son off at the airport so he could catch his flight back to his college on the East Coast. He was scheduled to leave at 3.15. Terrified of the reports of horrific delays for this afternoon, we took note of all the warnings and we arrived at the drop-off area more than two and a half hours prior to his flight. Smart. Traffic was busy, but not heavy. I zoomed right up to the Delta door, dropped him off, and sent him on his way. When I arrived back home... Uh, 40 minutes later, I sent him a text message asking about his baggage check line and TSA security screening plight. I asked if he was still standing in those lines. Here was his response. Hmm. I zipped right through. I've been at my gate for a while. It took me a total of 25 minutes to check all my bags, get through TSA, and arrive at my gate. Now I've got two hours to kill at an airport gate because some idiot from the news scared the hell out of us. What a bunch of clowns. Wow. I suggest if you have extra time at Terminal 1... Uh, you go over by the Dunkin' Donuts restaurant, <laughs> and right outside that restaurant, there's an award. Uh, there's like a, a small display, and uh, who you find as the 2018 Airport Hero of the Year will surprise you. I guarantee you that. Once again, rookie's friend at the airport has let the public down with poor airport intelligence. No. Or, as, or as I've suspected for a long time, rookie simply made up his airport intelligence, attributed to his friend at the <laughs> airport to sound dutiful, almost as if he was providing a service to the residents of GL because of his inside track. Either way, from now on, I mentally tune out whenever rookie says, my friend at the airport says, Got your it. Spoon Lake North Shore contributor, Chris. Well, in my in my defense, um, uh, my friend that works at the airport, his experience during the morning shifts that he works, uh, mm-hmm. the lines were lengthy, mm-hmm. and I would always suggest that someone go there a couple hours and early than twenty five minutes. I'll before. agree with Rook because I knew somebody else that was flying out of town yesterday at about nine a.m. and they said it was horrendous. Yeah, maybe afternoons are lighter. Now I did not, you know, what? mention afternoon flights. Mm-hmm. No, I wonder what the weather is doing today. Is it? Did you have a friend at the airport today? Uh, I did not. He did not check in with me today. Uh, uh, I wonder if this well, it's simply rain at this point in the Twin Cities. Yeah, those aircraft can deal with the think, rain, and visibility wasn't too bad to be fogged in. Yeah, I think today you're going to be fine. It's tomorrow, especially early. Yeah, anybody traveling be... tomorrow, you got a whew. Well, they are in trouble tomorrow if if this drops, freezes, temperature drops. But the temperatures are supposed to stay around thirty. 
Uh, it is. I'm looking locally here right now just to see what time that should drop. And if this all turns to ice, everybody's in trouble. Do you recall, uh, I'm sure you did, it's not that long ago. In fact, it was yesterday. I asked, perhaps naively, uh, how one determines if they can eat venison or not from a deer that might have uh, chronic wasting disease. Yes. Right? Yes. And we learned just enough yesterday to be dangerous, and that is that uh, Height apparently went on the Google and found that you're, you're really not at much risk as a human to eat the eat the venison. Right. Uh, and now I, I have a better explanation from, uh, uh, from Kenny Allen. Just, Kenny just outright ignored me. He never got right. back to me. Uh, the prions in chronic wasting disease, mad cow disease, live in brain tissue, spinal columns, spinal fluid, and the lymph nodes. They do not inhabit the meat or muscle tissue. If you do not cut into the spine or the lymph nodes while preparing the meat, you stand little chance of actually coming co- coming in contact with the prions. Even so, just coming in contact with them, it is very unlikely you would become infected unless you snorted the brain tissue. He's not being facetious. Highly unlikely. Deer get it because they are constantly licking their own nose and coming nose to nose or nose to food to nose with other deer. That is why baiting deer is no longer allowed. Sincerely, Alan Fram, charter member of the Royal Order of the 21sters, contributor to the fan, uh, scan fund, and regular consumer of wild venison. Huh. All right. Ooh, those back straps are just delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, also yesterday I noted uh, that I saw a report uh, on the news that Hollywood is is uh, trying to get its nose into the podcast tent, and they, they think there are podcasts that, that could become movies. And I've nominated Garage Logic. Oh, be the movie and Matt yes. Matt Otto the uh, the poet in town poet laureate yeah he's casted it he wants uh, Joe to be played by James Woods hmm. rookie to be played by Tom Hanks this would be a pretty expensive cast yeah right we're uh... Uh, John Height played by Jeff Bridges Reavers played by Ryan Reynolds and Ken- we, now we're talking yeah, no that's a stretch all right and I'm Kenny listening. played by Joaquin Phoenix. I yeah, think the Joaquin Phoenix is Kenny is the only accurate one in this list. Oh, that's pretty. Uh, that's Reynolds. yeah. I, I would I would agree with you for sure. I don't want to be played by James Woods. I want to be played by Jeff Bridges. We're already having contract squabbles. More like Jack Nicholson. Yeah, whatever. No, I, I'm more like Brian Reynolds. Yeah, Brian Reynolds. Right. <laughs> Who the hell is that? He's a B actor. Another Fram. John uh, has been really feeding me. Uh, copious amounts of information on uh, music and podcasting, um, possibly under the belief that we're unfamiliar with the rules. We are familiar with the rules, and we understand that we can't use music that's copyrighted. Correct. There's no such thing as a 10-second rule or anything like that. That's what he's telling us in the email? There are a lot lot of of myths out there. And a lot of people might hear a a song or whatever played on somebody else's podcast. Well, we have to adhere to to the rules and the guidelines that are set forth by Hubbard Broadcasting. Mm-hmm. That that that's the rules we have to live by. Right. Cuz they they make the rules right. for us. They're signing the checks. In other words, there are podcasts where people reportedly hear well because trademark some, music because some podcasts are owned by maybe a giant media conglomerate, thus they're being able to use they're, they're able to use uh, music because they have different guidelines and different rules. Or they have the written permission required right. from 
uh, the Rolling Stones because they're such a popular podcast. Or if Chris Martin from Coldplay, if he does a podcast, I don't need uh, his permission. Well, I, would, just, I wouldn't want to play that anyway. I know, I'm, but my, my point being that, that obviously he's going to have the permission to use that music because he owns it. Well, of course, I, right. I I understand the whole thing. Okay, okay, I, I, okay. I understand. I think that'll change. I think it's. I think yeah. that will change for the better at some point. Uh, I think it would improve our podcast. Well, yeah, I, we, I like the music that we have. But... We we were uh, heavily dependent on it. But but this is we're in the infancy of this uh, new wave of technology, really. And I think many changes will come to it over the years. I I would I would imagine. I I would also um, let you in today uh, just to get my annual fix. I. Went up to the Google and said, hey, Google, play James Brown, go straight to the ghetto. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my son, the oldest son had not heard it, and he thought it was pretty cool. I heard it on a station oh, that you? plays the Christmas music oh, okay. you know, 24 hours a day on our drive to my parents yesterday, and I, I immediately thought of you. That was a staple of our Christmas time music. Michael McDonald, you had Michael McDonald, uh, who was the devil went down to Georgia guy? Uh, I don't uh, know. Oh, uh, why can't it rain? Uh, Daniels. Charlie Daniels. Charlie Daniels. Yeah. Charlie Daniels. Band. And then we had Vince Giraldo too. Vince that Giraldo. one I really missed. Yeah. But I got my fix uh, throughout. I, I the... played it all throughout my home over there. Right. Days. Santa Claus goes straight to the ghetto. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> and then when he's naming the names, it's you know bring uh, Susie a doll right. and David yeah. uh, a truck. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, if they update it now, were it would you be... like that? Were you like? That? I was something similar to that. Yeah. Now yeah. it would be bring Ladasha and <laughs> Navia. Tylenol. Yeah. By the way. Uh, we got an email about you. You did that. Were you like that at the summit thing on Friday? Yeah. And the gal that you said that to, yeah. she's like, "I thought that was a bit." He was serious. I'm like, yeah, That's right. the mayor. You're not playing. I don't. I don't like when people use the word like. I know you don't. Really, it, I don't know why I let it bother me so much, but it does. Well, I think you. It's good to correct. I used it a lot more. You've almost cured me of it. Yeah. I still sneak one in every once in a while. All right. Uh, when we come back, I have a really interesting email from a garage logician bicyclist. All right, let's get. Uh, <laughs> isn't that fun? I love the vacations where you need a vacation to recover. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think I know what you're saying. I mean, we haven't left yet, and there's already chaos. <laughs> Here's a man who two. spends hours in hardware stores. I've been consulting twice on two. And bolts of life. Joe Sushi. Papa needs a sandwich. Right, I might have to consulting fee here, I think is... Oh, you might be right. Since our since our um, medical relationship is over, how are your eyes, for real? They're okay, it's getting there. All right. Two okay. weeks only, two weeks today. Gotcha. But I do my own drops now. Oh, you do? I taught myself. Okay. Before I get to the cyclist, do my own drops yeah, now. Medicare. That's right. <laughs> I got her down pretty good too. Got a nice rhythm. Did you guys all note the story today? Most news gathering organizations featured it somewhere. Where did the Star Tribune have it? Let me see. Uh, no violent tornadoes in 2018. Ah, does that huh? mean we're lucky? Yeah, Star Tribune had it on uh, page two of uh, of the A section. Uh, we're now days away from becoming the first year in the modern records with no violent tornadoes touching down in the United States. Violent tornadoes are the strongest on a zero to five scale or those ranked EF4 or EF5. It was a quiet year for tornadoes overall with below normal numbers most months. Unless you're a storm chaser, this is not bad news. 
the low tornado count, uh, uh, we're being told basically that it's it's due to luck. Uh, due to nature. And you know perfectly well what we would be being told if there had been an outbreak of severe tornadoes this year. Right. Without a doubt. Uh, expanding to include all intense tornadoes or those EF3 above, this year 12 is also poised to set a record for the least. Right now the mark there is held by 1987 when there were 15 F3 or more tornadoes. As with violent tornadoes, this grouping is also exhibiting both a short and long-term decrease in annual numbers, likely for similar reasons. The causes for 2018's lack of violent tornadoes are many. But one key factor is high pressure tending to be more dominant than normal throughout the peak season this past spring. This was particularly so during April and May when tornado numbers were below to well below normal. I don't know my pressures, but was high pressure the reason we had the mid-April weekend blizzard? I could, I do not have the seal. I could not answer. Because that, that was a weekend when just as typically you might have been experiencing a tornado. Mm-hmm. We had a blizzard. Right. Although the country ended up seeing a number of memorable tornado events after the spring, including several this fall, in most years over half the tornadoes occur from March through May, making up those numbers is difficult at other times of the year when ingredients for them are less likely. Despite the downward trend in annual numbers, studies continue to find that more tornadoes are happening on fewer days. In that light, it is certainly possible this drought won't last much longer, the the drought being the drought of violent tornadoes. In other words, you know perfectly well uh, that news gatherers would have found a way Yep. if there were – and gratefully, we didn't have any violent tornadoes. Right. But had we had some, you know perfectly well that they would have been painted in the canvas of, of climate change. <laughs> well, then, you know what? We just got lucky with nature. Nothing wrong with luck, is nature there? Nature made us lucky. Not not climate change. Better be lucky than good. Yes. Now for the cyclist, uh, Bert. Did you see one? Did you see one? I saw one today. I didn't see any. Yeah. Today? Today I did. What? what? Joe, Bert, the GL bicyclist, weighing in on where the bicyclists are this season. You are correct in saying the weather has been great for riding this fall and winter. Well, that ended today, didn't it? Yep. But summer is upon us, 21sters. I ride about 30 to 50 miles a week, and I see approximately the same two dozen people on my excursions this time of year, so it's a small club. Although I'm not complaining about all the bike lanes, it does seem a bit overmuch based on our seasons and usage. As an aside, I can get uh, downtown uh, to downtown or uptown or Excelsior via Worth Park and barely use a street, so I'm lucky. I enjoy riding for many reasons, but I'm also the very pro-internal combustion as I find it difficult to get the chainsaw in for service on the bike. It's also difficult getting a sheet of plywood home from the knack on two wheels. I live in both worlds, I reckon. You are correct in your assessment of the bike lanes playing well in the salon. They see it as virtuous, where most of us just see it as a wonderful amenity in our twin towns. The acts of riding a bike or driving a car do not have values. It is useful to ride a bike for fun and exercise. It is useful to drive a car to take three kids to the doctor or bring home $300,000 worth of groceries to say nothing of golf clubs. Uh, thank you. That's Bert with a, with the typical, uh, garage logic wisdom and, and, uh, rationale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we've got GLers are listening that do all sorts of things, including riding their bikes, but, but until, he gets it. But, but 
Well, I, I like to have my observations confirmed by an expert. Right. He's out riding 50 miles a week. I'm not. And he's corroborating what I'm seeing. You don't see these people. It's right. a small club. Well, but, that, that was the point of my harangue. Look at the dedication of, of streets to such a small club. Right. Well, downtown St. Paul, what is it? Is it Wabasha? Well, what the, that dedicated bike lane where they've got bike lane. They're all over town. They're lights. all over downtown. Mm-hmm. And then now, you know, with this crummy snow and trying to plow around these uh, uh, pylons. What, or, makes, what makes you think there's a plow? I didn't see a plow in St. Paul true. yet You're today. You're right. That's true. I haven't seen a plow. That's true. I saw a sand truck. But yeah. but wouldn't it be needed to plow this before it does turn into ice? Can't uh, we move it aside here? Yeah, so. because it. When I looked here, uh, and I know this doesn't help people listening to the podcast days later. Well, on on my lengthy commute, I saw a number of trucks out there getting. Well, rid you of this. probably saw state trucks on the highway. That's true. Yeah, yeah, they they were. Friday's high should be twenty seven. Saturday only eighteen. Friday into Saturday is three degrees above. So whatever you don't shovel right now, space management, it's going to be. A solid chunk of but ice. it's re- it's a it's a ridiculously difficult space management challenge. She's heart attacks. Yeah. This no. stuff is very heavy. It's so heavy. How, How heavy, heavy is, is it? I don't think the snowblower would work. No, no. It w- there's it would be uh, it would not be efficient enough. I think this is my driveway. At least I think I know for a fact it's a four or five beer job. Well, if you could just yeah. maybe get a buckets of hot water and just <laughs> roll them down the. Driveway that should melt her up pretty <laughs> did quick. Did that once pretty quick and get everything down to the street. I threw a bucket of hot water on the windshield of a 1993 oh. Chevrolet Blazer, oh. and as the water hit the windshield, oh. you could hear all the steel twisting uh, yeah. as the whole vehicle essentially oh. bent itself out of shape. <laughs> But I thought I was going to be real smart. Oh, yeah. Instead of chipping away at four inches of ice in that windshield. I got it. Nature, you watch this. Watch this. Nature one, Joe zero. Ever since that time, the car's long gone, but. Uh, that was the green one, right? Yeah. For the rest of the ownership, you could hear wind whistling through <laughs> the uh, windshield molding. The seal. And the, the, the windows never went up all the way again. It oh. was, uh, you, you, you know what? You just can't do stupid things like that. I, I've always been curious. Who was around? This is before I had the knack, basically. Right. Okay. right. But who was around? Did you have a neighbor, a brother, a relative of any type? No, that a was kid needed the car to go to school. So Instead of taking all that time to scrape it off, uh, I mean, I know it's... Hey, uh, step aside. I yeah, got this. Yeah. I can watch what Dad does here. Here we mm-hmm. go. <laughs> God almighty. Uh, I'm glad it, it still ran after that, although it didn't affect the engine any. It just distorted the body. That's all. Oh, we had natural air conditioning, twenty four seven. No, you could hear the wind whistling through the damn uh, <laughs> through the thing. Here. Oh, I'm glad you did things like that, so you can provide us with such wonderful uh, stories. We're going to be uh, talking about the president here in just a moment. Times today, at least the online version, was particularly uh, troubled uh, by the climate. And uh, at least two headlines uh, calling uh, uh, calling out Trump for ruining the earth and that we're being taken to a bad place. And then I just, for the hell of it, I went down to the travel section, and it's 36 huh. hours in Bogota, Colombia. Um, how am I supposed to get there? 
You can't lecture me, New York Times. You're all phonies. You're all phonies. They don't even realize that. No, they don't. Now, uh, uh, as we noted yesterday, the news gathering institutions, they grabbed onto that Trump Christmas Eve story where he told the seven-year-old that's a bit marginal, isn't it? Yes. And they went with that and to the point where their point, of course, was uh, Trump's now even ruining Christmas for children. Right. That that was the that was the theme. Screw. He, he's a he's a hard guy to find anything good to say about, but but he didn't ruin anything for anybody. It now comes out that her parents are are putting that whole telephone call into perspective and defending Trump for being kind to their daughter. Oh, that's nice. Well, that's a ray of hope. But, but the but the but the news gatherers. Uh, and the and the uh, social justice warriors on the on your uh, social medias, they they were quite literally saying, "What will he do next?" Now he's ruining Christmas for children. Well, no, no, he didn't. There's plenty to worry about. Right. That wasn't what. That isn't among our top concerns. <laughs> the parents of a young girl are speaking out, rebuking much of the criticism uh, directed towards uh, Trump. Speaking with Coleman Lloyd, a seven-year-old girl from. Lexington, South Carolina, on Christmas Eve from the White House, a video which quickly went viral, showed the president asking Coleman if she still believes in Santa Claus, but it was a follow-up statement which implied Santa is not real that incited criticism and accusations uh, that he was ruining Christmas for her. Right. Are you still a believer in Santa? Because, it's you know, at seven, it's marginal, right, the president said? You know? The Internet was fairly split in reaction. Some people found the quip funny. Others uh, said, add stealing a childhood to Trump's list of crimes. A guy who can't be trusted with a photo op call to a kid on Christmas is in charge of our nuclear arsenal. I'm reading from some of the social media postings. Actually, let's change this question to, are you still a believer in our current president? Because at seven, it's marginal. It'd be much more appropriate. Oh, yes, whatever that means. He really has no clue how to talk with children now, does he? Okay. However, and that's what we kind of arrived, that's the conclusion we arrived at yesterday. He, he was a little out of his element there. It was not a natural situation no. for him. Okay, but now Coleman's parents are weighing in. Coleman's father, 40-year-old Donald J. Lloyd, told BuzzFeed that he would use similar language to speak to his daughter about Santa Claus. He also said he believes Trump's remarks have been blown out of proportion and unfairly politicized. Mm-hmm. Of course they were. I think it's crazy it became a big deal. It's Christmas. I'd love to keep politics out of Christmas, Donald said. It didn't bother me. I like to talk to my kids like adults. This is the dad. The family's mom said, I'm a teacher. I'm okay with the vocabulary. He was kind, and I was impressed with the phone call, Erica Lloyd, a third-grade teacher, said. Okay. All right. So all these social warriors, what are they going to do now? Right. When you it's right from the horse's mouth, the parents are saying, uh, it's okay. In the end, both parents appreciated how Trump treated their daughter. At first, they thought she was speaking with a pre-recorded message. Then they realized Coleman was actually speaking with the president. He said, Happy Christmas. It was great speaking to you, Coleman. Please tell your family I wish them a happy Christmas, Erica said. It made her Christmas, according to her parents. Uh, she also said, the child said, she didn't understand what the president was trying to say and especially doesn't know what the word marginal means. I but hope th- we leave that alone, huh? But that... Anything he does is going to be. Oh, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. No. And again, I'm I'm not a fan of this guy. He, oh. He's he's a he's a troubled fellow. Uh, but he, he let's d- call fair a fair. All right. Okay. When he ad libs, he just went over to um, 
to see the guys and gals uh, serving our country. He's getting ripped for that, too. The, the one thing he said where this is another audio corner where he was telling me, he didn't have a script. He was just saying, you know what I had to do, go through to get here, well, well, turn all, off yeah, all the lights. All presidents do. Right, but he, I mean, he. Right, he, he that's one of his problems is he should, he should speak only from scripted material. But he doesn't trust anybody to give it to him. He doesn't care what somebody else. He'll say what he wants to say. He thought he was a big, big shot because hey, snuck us in here. We had to have the curtains drawn and the whole deal. Don, that's the way they get you in and out of those places. Right, right. You know. But I just thought him complaining to the the service men and women. Mm-hmm. That that's where he he's just he tries to be a man of the people sometimes, and it just backfires. I don't think that's uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. It just you know what he needs. It's too late. The horse left the barn, but he, he needs a filter. Yeah, he does. Like that muzzle that... Uh, He's not interested. No. Not interested. No. We've no. all realized, all of America has realized that he is what he is, and there 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 was going to be no conversion or sudden revelation. That Those thoughts That's, are... That was my... Me too. That was my... Especially after six months. I did too. I, I thought, thought this has to be a bit. He's going to hit the ground running, and then he's going to slow down and go... Ah, this is the way I'm supposed to go. Although the one funny thing that surfaced because of his, you know, boisterous uh, uh, behavior is the kid, the, the still shot that we have of the kid mowing the lawn where he looks like he's yelling at him. Yeah. And then the different captions oh, that yeah. are always put. That's kind of funny. <laughs> well, let's just leave it at this. Do you want to be Secretary yeah, yeah, right. of State? What are you going to do? He didn't, uh, <laughs> he didn't ruin that young gal's Christmas. No. Absolutely not. And I'm glad that the parents regardless of whatever their politics are, are just saying it was a sweet call and we're appreciative of we're appreciative of that. You know, a lot of times, well, never mind. Did it, uh, the Gophers won their bowl game. Hey. Handily. I actually watched some of that game. It was kind of fun. Handily. Yeah. Do you realize that a bowl game was called off? Yeah, lightning. Well, it, it, you don't call off a bowl game. The one they, in Dallas, Boston They were College. worried about fan safety, blah, blah, blah. This was uh, last night, right? Boise State and Boston College. Yep. Yes. It was the first responders bowl, whatever that They're means. Really bad. I mean, I like first responders, but it just, it's a bad bowl. Well, how can that be? What Do they mean first responders as in paramedics? And That's my guess. Let's well, because, because they don't have any money. There's another one I'm trying you know, to Quick find. Lane, that was the Gopher Bowl game. Quick Lane. Yeah. Right. You know, Quick Lane commercials ran throughout the thing. It's an oil change place. They they put up the dough to sponsor the bowl. How can first responders put up any money to sponsor anything? Unless unless I'm unaware of something. Maybe first responder is the name of a clothing brand. Well, it will be the first edition of the game after being rebranded, playing the first eight. Okay, it used to be the Heart of Dallas Bowl. Yeah. And now will be the uh, 2018 First Responder Bowl, sponsored by ServPro, a franchiser of fire and water cleanup and restoration. Okay, so there's a there's a financial component there right, that, okay, that's not it. reflected in the name First Responder. It's a tip of the cap to the uh, First mm-hmm. Responders. Are and they, then, Reavers, are they going to replay? Are they rescheduling? I have not seen anything that says they're – because it said canceled uh, yesterday. So I don't know – and. Quite frankly, I don't know if they can, based on field availability and things of that nature. Yahoo Sports is reporting that the game will not be made up. Yeah. So Boston College finishes at 7-5, and Boise State at at 10-3. And And honestly, with these second and third tier bowls, if you're one of these schools, you don't want it to get rescheduled. It already costs you money to get 
the team out there and put everybody up in hotels and all the the meals and stuff like that beforehand, you've already lost money. The last thing you want to do is have to do it again. I don't think the Gophers made any money no, in this bowl. No, heavens they no. Might, it might have cost them money to yeah. be in this bowl. The payout for the first responder bowl is $1.867 million. Is that shared by the two teams? I is that how it works, Travers? not I, tell me a breakdown. If it's is, if it, that's the total purse, then yes, that would be split. Okay, look up the payout, Rook, on the uh, quick lane. All right. Is it quick lane? Yeah, I guarantee yeah. it's less than that. I got to think you split it with your opponent. But there might be a 60-40 if you win or if you lose. Quick lane bowl. Let's see. Okay. Um, Tickets were available, payout, by the way, yesterday for that. 750 one. grand. 750 yeah. grand. Okay, that's uh, what? 350 a piece? 375 Roughly. a piece? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that that they might break even. No, huh? no. Well, it no, doesn't no, cost no. them 375 grand to fly to Detroit and back. Joe, you're flying hundreds of people. You're putting them all up for a couple of nights. Yeah, Christmas in the Motor them. City. You, yeah, I guess I guess that could eat up 375 pretty quick. Pretty quick. Yeah. Well, PJ alone probably cost him 100 grand to get him over there. I'm I'm kidding. I'm what not. is uh, Pat calling him Phil now? Yeah, calls him Phil. 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 He was very excited. Good for him though. That that was a good win for their program. Good for them. Yeah. What? But, but my god is that fan base insecure. They were going after Pat. They're go- Pat didn't even say anything yesterday. That's why. And they're why going hasn't he after said him. anything? What yeah. the hell? What's he going to say? Did he did he tweet last night? Did he give people grief? Well, he, after the game he was, you know, hey, congrats to but but the Gopher football fan base as small as it might be, they are the most insecure people I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's it's ridiculous. Well, that's because they haven't um, uh, had any success no, as, since true. the 60s. That's true. So they've been frustrated every year. Well, congratulations on that mighty quick lane of victory. I thought Georgia Tech was a higher-ranked team. They were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that just goes to show you. What a great coach. On PJ any given Fleck bowl is. game. <laughs> yep. Any given bowl day. Latte Schmate. Here's Joe Suchere. Uh, just as it was true that uh, news gathering institutions, generally speaking, uh, tried to blame Trump for ruining some child's Christmas, and it turns out that was not the case at all. It's it's pretty easy to read between the lines that he's also being held accountable for the death of the migrant child, right? Yes, the eight year old. It's they're they're. It's all they can do to not say Trump has killed this this child, uh, only to learn that the father of the child declined treatment for his son. The treatment was made available. Uh, the father of an eight-year-old Guatemalan migrant declined additional medical treatment for his son just hours before the child died, according to the Department of Homeland Security. I wonder why. The boy, Felipe Gomez Alonso, was being held in U.S. Customs and Border Protection custody with his father, after entering the country illegally, he died on Christmas Eve. How bad is that? That would be tough. On his way to the hospital after having been treated at the hospital earlier in the day. Alonzo was first taken to the hospital Monday and diagnosed with a cold. He also had a fever. He was given medication and discharged. Later in the day, he complained of nausea and vomited. Alonzo's father told officials that despite the vomiting, he believed his son was feeling better and said he did not need any more medical attention at the time. Mm. You have to live with that. That's really hard. I Officials feel- checked 
in on the boy later and noticed that he had gotten uh, worse. Uh, uh, and they they took him to the hospital, but he lost consciousness during the trip. Hmm. Holding conditions for illegal immigrants caught trying to cross the border into the U.S. have been under increasing scrutiny. In recent weeks, dating back to the death of a seven-year-old girl who died in U.S. custody after the 2,000-mile journey from Central America. I have a very sad observation. What's that? I'm shocked that, and I'm pleasantly surprised, in other words, that more kids haven't died. They're dragged 2,000 miles, whoever they got here, half bus, half walking. That's true. Yeah, they're impoverished. Yeah, they probably haven't had the best of living conditions leading up to this. May, maybe the maybe the story that, of course, would not get written is how uh, is how the the care for these people must be so good that fortunately nobody's dying. Well, this child did. Right, but they like to focus on you're separating your the families and you're you're locking them up like criminals. Officials perform welfare checks on all children. Uh, but with the recent influx of large groups of migrants, some holding facilities are understaffed and overwhelmed and are forced to request assistance from other agencies to meet the needs of all detainees. The father of seven-year-old Jaclyn Kal Maquin, the girl who died earlier in December after traveling from Guatemala, said he did not blame uh, the government for his daughter's death and said they treated her properly. Mm-hmm. But you look at the headlines. Uh, well, it was just all over CNN just now too. They were they were discussing. I don't know what they were discussing, but uh, he's not to blame. I mean, and that poor father has to live with that decision to say, you know what, he's, he's sick right now. He, he's going to be okay though. You know, in good faith. You know, Trump is fair game for criticism. Of course, he's the president of the United States. Buck stops. But it here. occurs to me. I'm just suddenly. I'm just suddenly having a, a, a moment of clarity. It occurs to me. That it is the news gathering institutions, generally speaking, who are uh, creating the great divide in this country. They're they're not reporting on Trump fairly. Trump is Trump is a foul human being. He somewhere along in life he got screwed up. He does a lot of dumb things. But if you just cover him on a daily basis as the president, and you just did it objectively, mm-hmm. you'd do you'd go a long way to eliminating the divisiveness in this country. But the media, they can't help themselves. Trump ruins girls' Christmas. Trump kills the kid at the border. Trump should have had MAGA hats in Iraq when he made the surprise visit to the troops. Okay. All that's doing is it continues to drive a wedge into the country. Yeah, they're just they're stoking the fire. They're, they're keeping it alive and, and making it uh, continue well, to seem worse. And as you said in the previous segment, there's, there's nothing he could do that would please the vast majority of these critics. He, he could save a family from a burning car on his way back, and they would find fault in, in some aspect of that story. I am a Trump critic, but I also believe that it is possible to cover him objectively. CNN is shameful. The New York Times is shameful. They're shameful in their bias. It's not, it's not instructive. It's not objective. It's not, uh, it's not ethical. It's not informative. It's, not in, it's, it's it, terrible. I, I mean, I can't even regard them as a reliable news source. And again today, Trump's going to take us uh, backwards. He's going to ruin the environment. And I went down to travel. We got to spend 36 hours in uh, Bogota. Oh, am I going to roll there? Right, right. I, I don't. <clears throat> well, I think if. I'm trying to remember. Uh, I know President Bush 
uh, W, took heat, close election, uh, three counts, and they thought he was kind of a buffoon. Uh, but then I think they, they laid off of him, you know, maybe after the well, after 9-11, the country kind of came together, but they didn't really go after uh, his missteps. I'd have to read, you know, time flies, well, and, and I, I'd have to review it. I, I, I don't think it was, uh, you know, the salon, the people in the salon, uh, quite clearly want this guy out of the White House. This, that's that's their top priority in the salon. And, and and there are many reasons to wish that. But it's also possible to cover this guy objectively, and that's not being done. That's just not being done. What do you think they're most upset about? That that many people voted him in and it was so unexpected? Or that it's not Hillary? Or... Well, to the progressive Mysterian, what upsets them most is that it's not a, it's not Hillary. It's not a female. Mm. And she might come back around the corner for another go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you see what she did for her Christmas card? No. She dragged out a 25-year-old photo of her and Bill and uh, what's their kids? Chelsea. Name? Chelsea in the White House with the Christmas trees in the White House. Whoops. Well, what? Hoping come to on, see lady. you in the next couple of years. Come on, lady. This country's got to do better than her. I, that was I, really her Christmas card? See, because I believe this. I believe that if Hillary had defeated Trump, the pro would we, we would be facing tremendous problems. The difference being you wouldn't hear about them. The media would be so aligned with her that she would be getting covered. Sure, yep. With, with grace, just like Obama was. Hmm. All I want is some objectivity, and I, I'm really naive in my hope, hope for that. I'm really naive in my hope for that. It's just not there. No, and uh, whoever gets it, well, right, if Hillary gets in next time, uh, it will be glowing. If if another, if— uh, Hillary is not going to be the next president. That cannot happen. You don't think? No. Do you think she'll try well, to run? if she was ever going to win. Ilhan Omar. That's who you're Don't gonna, tell me that's, that. That's oh, you. come on. Are you going for Ilhan, huh? Don't All tell right. me that. Hey, we're gonna. Uh, we we have Don't much. Don't tell me. That. We have much more. More? Yeah.